listeners, welcome into day 11 of November. I'm Louise and this is Keith's Craft Collective's Wovember, where I talk about wool every day in November. Today's is actually the 11th of November, so it's Armistice Sunday tomorrow in the UK and the Commonwealth, where we remember our war dead and people who died in the first, the second and all the other conflicts afterwards. And I would like to remember my great uncle who died on the first day of the song, which I only found out about relatively recently. So um, seems a little bit more poignant to me anyway. Right, so today's prompt is pick a breed. I didn't realise that uh, this prompt is in it four times. So I picked my favourite breed the last time I did this about a week ago. <laughs> I was looking for it. All right. I'll maybe go and look to see ahead and try and think of something to say. I looked in a way, pick a breed. I've already done that. And then I look forward, I had to pick, I have to pick four breeds. So, listeners, <laughs> I've already told you about the sort of more favourite ones of mine, and it's probably Shetland. <laughs> but um, I was talking to Daisy about this today, and I was dropping her to work, and she says, I quite like them black-headed ones with the big floppy lugs. Because they're not quite as evil looking as them ones over there. Because we were driving through lots of fields of sheep. And I went, oh, they're probably chiviots. They've got kind of funny looking eyes. And she went, yeah, they look evil. <laughs> it's like, well, okay then. So she likes Suffolk's as well. I think there's a bit of a Suffolk fan club going on. But I thought I would talk to you about Merino sheep today. On account of lots of people knit with merino yarn myself included or maybe it's just me but i'm just going to bring you into my imaginative gang here so when i thought about merino i thought about it's quite a soft yarn i like it because it's nice and soft to work with it's quite readily available in the indie yarn dyers world because that seems to be the main yarn that people choose to dye because it takes dye very nicely and because it's soft people like to buy it so win-win for them um there are downsides to this because it pills it pills terribly listeners um and sometimes if you don't choose the right garment it's too soft and it can wear through quite easily so you have to choose the right garment like we were talking about yesterday however if you choose the right garment and you are quite happy to give it a little bit of a um, depilling every now and again, then you knock yourself out with all the beautiful colours of the indie dyeing world. So I looked up the history and it said that it's mainly from the Spanish and they had the monopoly of the Merinos. Think well. There's a few theories about this, but they think it came over from Africa in the 12th century, and they had it about the 15th century, and because it's such a commodity then, and their wool is soft, and they used to basically the royalty and the church or and the you know, people with lots of money could afford the yarn because it gives a very very fine yarn and wool fabric so they were quite um i'm trying to think of the right word protective i think it's a nice word because if you try to export these you die 
<laughs> See what I mean? Trying to get the right word. Hmm. They were very protective about their um, commodity of sheepies. So these merino sheepies were high value sheep. If you were going to export one and you got killed, oh, it must be quite worth a lot of money. Over the next few centuries, they did give as gifts to some other royalty around the world. And in France, they sort of bred the merino sheep with other sheep and they became the Rambouillet. There were other ones, but I like saying Rambouillet. It just sounds like you're doing a dance. Or there's a song. I can't remember. It's like I think tip of my tongue. Do the rambley. Yeah. But I feel like dancing now. So we could maybe do a bit of dancing to the rambley. <laughs> I know. I haven't been drinking honest listeners. So um there is quite a bit of controversialness about um Merino. In fact, we'll go back a little bit because I have to mention that after, say, the 18th century and the Napoleonic Wars, then the huge monopoly that the Spanish had on their merino export kind of fell apart. So it got exported all the way around the world. It went to the Americas and it went to Australia. And now when I think of merino wool, I mainly think of Australian merino wool. And I was actually a little bit surprised that uh, it sort of originated so clear, uh, so close to me. Well, I say close. I could fly there. <laughs> I quite happily fly there just now, actually. Another weekend in Barcelona, that would be lovely. I didn't see any merino sheep in Barcelona anyway. So, um... In Australia, there's a huge industry with I mean, merino wool, and the not so much with the meat. Um, the merino sheep isn't quite as such a fat, meaty kind of sheep. It is for its yarn. So, of course, they're trying to trying to look after their product as best they can. And somewhere down the line, they started mulesing. Which, when you read what they actually do to the poor sheep, sounds quite horrific. So they, when they're lambs, they rip off the skin around their sheep's behind. And this is sort of pain to give them kindness later, allegedly. But it sounds quite horrific. So they rip off the skin so that there's no wool growing skin around the back end of a sheep. And it's to stop flies burrowing in because they have flies down there that do that. Um, they came up with another alternative which sounds equally painful and it's using liquid nitrogen when they freeze the skin off of the back end of the lamb when it's small and it stops the skin coming into being able to produce wool out of that area and then stops the flies burrowing in there. Which equally sounds awful. So I can kind of understand why farmers back in the day were like, right, how can we do this with what we've got? Let's do something. Oh, and then somebody decided to rip the skin off. So it became a common practice. This has been outlawed in quite a lot of places in New Zealand in 2018. Um, and now they kind of have, they do have insecticides, but of course we try not to use chemicals, aren't we? They are suggestions of other things like protein somethings that they inject and then plastic clips on their skin 
But the one I kind of like best was the tea tree oil drip, dip. So you think of your sheep getting doused or covered in the back end of uh, tea tree oil. But then again, that's maybe not preventing the problem. Maybe it's just dealing with the problem. I don't know. It's pretty awful, isn't it? Who would want to be a poor little merino sheep eating in, in Australia? So, uh, if you're knitting with merino wool, pet your wool. <laughs> think about what that poor sheep has been through. So, merino wool, I think it's a gorgeous wool to work with. And thank you to the farmers who don't mule your sheep or very kindly look after your sheep. Um, and I do prefer to buy not mules sheep because it just seems a bit sore, poor sheepies. Um, I then thought about other famous sheep that is. We've got Mary, Mary's little lamb. Oh, sorry, Mary had a little lamb, which I actually have to say I'm sick of hearing because that's what they play when we have um, the Kaylee Fesh, um, thick, lovely Addy Harper that comes round to the school and they all get to play. Mary had a little lamb on repeat, <laughs> hiding in the office. He did play Scooby-Doo the other day, so it was pretty cool. And then we've got Little Bo Peep, Little Boy Blue, Larry the Lamb, Baba Black Sheep, and a very famous up in the sky, Aries the Sheep. Or, and that was sort of based on the Greek Christ Sophomolis, I don't think that's how you say it, a sheepy that saved some children. Uh, reminded me to tell you that I have been listening to lots of books. I was l finished listening to Clymenestra by Costanza Catsti, and this is based on Helen Troy's sister. Very interesting, very good. Uh, I'm currently listening to Stroke of the Pain by Terry Pratchett, and these are not Discworld stories, but stories that, very, very short stories that Terry Pratchett wrote under a different name. And they went into a paper back in 1973 and they had been found and put into audiobook. I'm not sure if you can get the actual book, but it's really funny. Um, and before that, not funny, I listened to Voices of the Dead by Ambrose Parry, which is carrying on the Edinburgh um, st crime story from the 1800s where... Uh, Will Raven and his lovely assistant um, solve pro crimes, and it's very interesting, <laughs> very badly explained. And then before that, I listened to There There by Tommy Orange, which was about um, indigenous <laughs> Americans, and it's sort of set to sort of... Oh, the dog's in here, he's goofing at the neighbour. Um... It sort of scans a century or two and then um, scans a couple of decades. And it's quite well written. It's really quite eye-opening and very worth listening to. So, going to go on the Granny Hexagon cardigan. I have finished both cuffs. I had to undo both of them because they were too tight. And I'm really pleased, actually, that I did because they look quite... They look a lot better, actually. I've done them twice because I only learned how to do ribbing and crochet yesterday so I'm quite chuffed and now I just have to do a neckline tomorrow's prompt is craft which woo <laughs> Caitlin's Craft Collective at your service right listeners I hope you're having a lovely Saturday and that you are managing to get some crafting over this lovely weekend well 
I say lovely. It's cold, but it's actually not raining today and the sun is out. So this is good. Take care, listeners, and keep on crafting.